What's good, friends? List episode 43 of the Game Pass Gamecast coming at you. Even during a pandemic, the rumor mill is always churning, especially so in a year when the launch of the next generation of consoles is planned. So, this week, Mike and I sit down to discuss all of the current rumors floating around the Xbox stratosphere, including the all-but-confirmed entry-level system codenamed Lockhart, a potential new Microsoft headset, and the potential for Microsoft's rescheduled E3 briefing being held sooner than we all think. Plus, Call of Duty is potentially tackling the Vietnam War with 2020's release of the Angel franchise, but is it moving the needle as much as people think? Also, it looks as though another logo for the Series X has been revealed, which could add even more fire to the Lockhart rumors. All of this, and much more, on the newest episode of the Game Pass Gamecast. <laughs> now the fun begins. Stop! You violated the law! Welcome back to another episode of the Game Pass Gamecast, your weekly go-to podcast for all things Xbox, Xbox Game Pass, PC gaming news and rumors and conversations around those damn good videos on them. Video games on them. If I can get through the intro that I have here. <laughs> you can catch new episodes of the show each and every Friday morning when they drop on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all other major podcast services. So be sure to subscribe to us wherever you get a podcast at and follow us on Twitter at... GPGC podcast. Stay up to date with everything regarding the show, video games alike, our dope giveaways and whatnot. I'm going to chalk that one up to the quarantine life. We're on like what? Week four or five? Something like that? I think four. We're on year 32. Yeah, literally 12 years later. No, literally. It's been like, I think I finished up, I'm either on my fourth, no, I finished up my fourth full week of quarantine in terms of like like working from home last yeah. week i think i've been the last day i was physically in the office in terms of like an actual work day was the 20th yeah it was the 20th of march because that's when doom, i remember doom came out i picked it up on the way home so yes 30th of march um so that's crazy to think it's already been that long but anyways that's quarantine shit and whatnot as always i'm your host travis wade aka travis on most internet platforms um joining me today as always my partner in crime Mike Peepak. Mike, what's good? What's going on? And what have you been playing on now? I guess week five, technically, of quarantine life or working from home life or whatever you want to call it. What have you been playing, streaming and whatnot? Um, yeah, so uh, basically had a, have had a steady diet of um, Valorant. Uh, mm -hmm. Been mixing that in since I got the beta code. Uh, I have been putting some some time into it. What's your um, What's your thoughts now? A week later, after our episode last week, where we talked about how highly I think overall in general we were very high on it. I'm still very high on it. I'm enjoying it a lot. I am seeing some criticism start to set in now. Now that people have kind of sunk in a little bit and are you know you're seeing more you know, tournaments and high profile content creators and people who are playing to go professional in this game really starting to get their hooks into it from a competitive standpoint outside of just, you know, large, large scale streamers and stuff. Um, just, you know, playing pickup games and whatnot, you know, what, what's your thoughts now that you've had some scrims, have some, you know, more quote unquote high end competition play with this a little bit. What's, what's your thoughts right now on it? Yeah, for me, um, Basically, it's really hard to judge a game um, holistically until you have played it in a few different manners, uh, one of which... And we need me, to remind it is a closed beta still, and that's what a lot of people need to keep in mind. This game is not fully released. It's a closed beta where things are going to go wrong with it, but more or less on the actual like gameplay mechanics of it and whatnot, like on the actual game itself, not bugs, whatnot. You get the idea. Yeah, so... For me, it's basically a situation where when you're playing it with randoms or if you're only playing with a few teammates, the game, it's a different experience than when you play five-on-fives, mm -hmm. um, which is pretty much with every game. I mean, if you play Counter-Strike, if you play uh, any game that is a team-based game, if you play it with five people that you know that you're in constant communication with, mm -hmm. you get a quite a different experience than if you're just playing with random people or even if you're just playing with one or two friends. Um, mm -hmm. So what I was experiencing when I was searching by myself 
or with one other person or even with two other people was a game that is kind of disjointed. Um, agents like Jet, um, agents like, um, I mean, even Rise, mm-hmm. still a little bit OP or whatever. But the usefulness of an agent like Brimstone, um, which I think in high-level play will be a little bit less useful than, like, say, like Breach. Breach is highly useful in high-level. Um, Phoenix, mm-hmm. I think, has a really high skill c- ceiling. Um, mm-hmm. Sage, I think, is just a go- or just an agent that has to be played no matter what. Mm-hmm. I don't think her skills are, like... She doesn't have any abilities that are, like high skill it's mm-hmm. just more like she's a necessity right um, from when you... from a tactical standpoint she mm-hmm. is literally really from a utility standpoint she is like paramount to have on your exactly. team in terms of especially on the defensive end if you're setting up any kind of defense and setting up any kind of situations on defense i think she is like paramount to have on your team bar none exactly and for me, um, agents like Jet lose their usefulness whenever you're playing in a full team of five. Uh, mm-hmm. Cypher gains on certain maps a ton of usefulness. Viper mm-hmm. on split, very useful. Um, so I think that we're going to see a situation as the meta evolves with um, you know, highly competitive games being played. You're going to see a lot of differences than what we saw this first week. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing for me is I enjoy a few aspects of it. I, I enjoy the fact that you can spray through walls pretty reasonably easy, um, mm-hmm. that you can get kills through walls. It can kind of punish people from using obvious spots. Mm-hmm. Um, I still am really critical of the stopping power of bullets. Mm-hmm. feels like if you get shot once by any gun, even a pistol, like you're stuck in mud and you yeah. can't move. And I understand, like we talked about it last week, so I won't go at, on at length about it, but even playing in competitive it, it is it is frustrating. Um, some of the abilities, I feel like they've released, they're releasing um, patch notes, which will bring a nerf to uh, Rays will get a nerf. Sage's ice will be nerfed. Um, mm-hmm. The only thing that's going to be nerfed about is you won't be able to hear people in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, they're making, trying to make some tweaks, but by and large, like, um, you know, it is what it is. It's a, it's a, it's a fun game. I think, casually i think for it you you're playing a game that higher level players like in cs like in league of legends mm-hmm. higher level and pros will play a different game than the casual mm-hmm. base will um just the meta and the gameplay and everything will be a lot different than what casual people experience mm-hmm. but i think by and large it's a pretty decent catch-all between making people who are super competitive happy versus making people who are just ca- strictly casual and play it for enjoyment happy yeah um I still think that I still prefer Counter-Strike for a few different reasons. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, Valorant, it's still in closed beta, so they still have a long way to go. Um, hopefully, they make some tweaks that are necessary, and maybe it'll be better. But, um, you know, we also hear rumblings. I've heard rumblings now from the CS crowd that all of a sudden, since Valorant's doing so well, um, you know, Source 2 engine might be coming out this summer and blah, blah, blah. So. Mm-hmm. Um, just strictly rumors in the rumor mill. So it, it's literally not even being covered by a lot of media. Um, it, so it's it's just something that w- I'm hearing from different CS people. So mm-hmm. it seems like it might have lit a fire under uh, Valve's ass, but we mm-hmm. don't know yet. But... Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, and you're definitely going to see on, you know, in another avenue too, It's I guarantee it's lit a fire under Blizzard's ass too, where... Right now, they were very tongue-in-cheek on, hey, they, even though they announced Overwatch 2, they were very specific to not put a date on it and not talk about it because I think they wanted to see... I think a large part of that was to see the reaction. They knew Valorant was coming, um, and it was coming within the next, you know, whatever it was, six months from their announcement that people would start to get hands-on with this and then start to see public footage of this and even start to play it. Um, I think that was a big part of that because they wanted to see that, oh, okay, if... They don't, you know, if the reception to this isn't, you know, as high as people are thinking, we can leave a date off this. We can still keep riding being the hero-based shooter that people go to for that kind of gameplay. Um, But if, you know, now we're seeing that Valorant is right now the most popular game on Twitch and most popular game in the zeitgeist of esports right now, I think it's easy to say that... You know, I think you're going to see a harder date put on, you know, a release date for Overwatch in terms of, like, at least we're going to know, hey, 
you know, end of 2020, beginning of 2021, you're going to get hands-on with this game. Um, I think we're going to see more, you know, push from that. But I, I'm with you. There's some tweaks to it. I think it does have a good balance between, and you're, you've always been more on the competitive end than I have, but I'm finding myself really, my competitive nature with CS as I've gotten older, I've gotten more competitive. And I think I've talked about it before, just because I don't, you know, compared to when you're a kid, you don't have as much time to game. So like, I'm putting, I guess, in competitive games, more emphasis on actually winning and, like, getting fulfillment out of it. So I see myself getting better with my shots all the time. It's it's that Counter-Strike methodology of you you know you know how you died because you did something stupid and you know exactly how to get better at what you're doing because you can almost always blame yourself. No, there's instances where, you know, somebody hits a ridiculous shot and you're like, okay, what the fuck was that? Like, or you get, you know like you're saying, sprayed through a wall, but it's, like, kind of iffy of, like, okay, or, like, being a bullet sponge and the stopping power certain bullets have, yada, yada. But overall, in terms of positional kills and things that it's like, oh, fuck, I should have switched to my pistol, or oh, I should have switched to this, or I should have put up, you know, a smoke or something on that side to block off view and take care of that enemy, then rotate around, yada, yada. I I think it, like, I'm seeing myself pick up more on that and having that same effect that CS has on me, that wanting to get better and wanting to improve my game. But I do agree that there are some things that need nerfed. Like, they, Riot was very upfront in saying when all this was coming out that, you know, we want to reiterate that abilities shouldn't get you kills. Abilities aren't going to get you kills strictly because of abilities, when that's just not true because you look at Raze, she's a rocket launcher. That's a, that's a weapon that's going to kill you if you get hit with it instantly. So and her grenades are like, and her grenades, yeah. It's like a single nade. Like if you get hit oh, yeah. by the initial explosion and then the cluster, like you're yeah. gonna die. But she's in my opinion, she's really OP um, in terms of her abilities. But her uh, her structure kind of completely is hypocritical to what they put out about that. But I could see that. I, I think enough people have made enough noise about it that I, I can see some instances being changed. But then again, I also don't play DPS characters. I play support characters. Usually like I play Cypher a lot. Uh, I really love playing him because I like to get Intel. I like to kind of be, you know, giving out locations. I like doing call outs. I like being that person who is informing everyone else on our team for the most part. Um, so I enjoy doing that, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, I think I'm still really positive on the game. I'm having a ton of fun with it still. Um, but, and I can see myself putting more time into it. I'm, I'm definitely going to, when this, when this for sure launches like in full release, it's going to be one of the main games I play on my PC, um, in terms of a competitive standpoint. So I really enjoy it. But outside of that, that's been taking up a lot of my time on PC. I've been playing some Dead by Daylight with you guys, uh, which I'd really like to get back into doing today, tomorrow, something like that. Um, but finished Final Fantasy VII Remake last night, but obviously that's a PlayStation game. Was really, I'm really, really, really high on it, um, and would love to talk to uh, to people about that on a different medium. So if you have played it and you want to talk about it, reach out to me on Twitter. We'll talk all about it, because I have a lot of thoughts on it, a ton of positive thoughts. Some thoughts that are typical with JRPGs, where they kind of drag in certain spots, and pacing is a little off, but overall, a fucking beautiful experience. Loved it. Loved my time with it, and really excited for the future of it. And I'm really excited for people to play this when it comes to Xbox next year, because it's definitely coming to Xbox. It was planned for Xbox One to come out on Xbox One, but it was coming on PlayStation 4 first with their exclusivity. There's a year-long window on that, so when it comes to Xbox next year, which I'm sure will be cross-generational and be available on PC from what it sounds like as well, I can't wait for people to get their hands on it, because it's really, really, really a fun experience. Um, but that's about it on my end, so now I'm going to end up looking to transition into more, I think, games as services that I've been wanting to play. I've kind of been putting on the back end, maybe jump back into the division a little bit, but play more Valorant, play some Overwatch potentially, play a couple of games on my Steam backlog I'd like to just kind of tinker around with, but things like that. It's mostly been kind of a... Now that Final Fantasy VII's out of the way, because I took my good old time with it, you know, I, I have no interruptions with the other, like games as a service that keep calling back to me like hey come back and check this out hey you know what you haven't been here in a while dive back into that so um i'm looking forward to doing that but excellent experience with final fantasy 7 so mike with that being said this week's episode is kind of going to 
going to kind of be a little bit different where our quote-unquote news is kind of built around a ton of rumors. Uh, so this week's just going to be kind of a rumor episode, um, just because news is really, really light right now. I mean, Mike and I were talking before the show uh, and off the air, like we always do, just saying, like, really the only news that keeps going around is things keep getting canceled and delays keep happening to games. Um, events like E3, uh, Gamescom got canceled recently, uh, and they're going to do that digitally. So it's, you know, it's either that or games being delayed. So it it's the same narrative for the most part. Like, it's just things you would fully expect to happen in this time frame from now until really... September, uh, um, you know, things are just going to be delayed um, or canceled. So for the most part, this is going to be a rumor heavy show. So obviously grain of salt with everything outside of really the last news quote unquote article we have, but let's just jump into it. We're going to talk about a ton of rumors today because rumors are always fun to talk about. So Mike, let's jump in the first one here. Xbox rumor roundup. This comes from over on Windows Central and includes Xbox Series S Lockhart news New X, a potential new Xbox headset, a May digital event, and a ton more. So this comes from Jez Corden over on Windows Central. As always, link in the description. Go over there, give Jez a click, uh, especially right now, given everything that's going on. Those clicks are really important to people in terms of their financial commitment to these writers. So please go over and support any digital writer you have, physical writer, whatever. You know, support media if you can in terms of journalists. So let's dig into it here. Starting off with the Xbox Series S, potentially, the Lockhart system we're talking about. Xbox Series X hype train is heating up. With all the specs out in the open now, the attention has turned to games, features, and the long-rumored Xbox Lockhart, what will effectively be a less powerful, more affordable Xbox Series S. As per some of our earlier information on Xbox Lockhart and the Xbox Series X, we're expecting Lockhart to be a 4 teraflop entry point to next-gen gaming, and it should effectively replace the Xbox One X. This system is designed to be affordable, but will offer aspects of a next-gen experience currently unavailable to past-generation consoles, presumably in the form of NVMe load speeds and perhaps some limited ray tracing. We have no idea about the capabilities of Lockhart outside of that magical 4 teraflop GPU number, which came alongside more of our detailed Xbox Series X info that turned out to be accurate. Recently, we heard Lockhart is entering take-home stages for Xbox employees to get their hands on the system and begin providing feedback and testing. The timing would indicate to me that rumors of upcoming showcases in early May are likely accurate. This is coupled with rumors from our senior editor, Zach Bowden, that Microsoft is gearing up to showcase new Surface hardware in May as well. In addition to Lockhart, potentially moving out of the lab and into homes of internal Microsoft testers, we're hearing that Team Xbox is building a replacement for its 2014 stereo headset. If our sources on this are accurate, the new, X, or the new headset will be fully wireless, compatible with Xbox PC and mobile devices, presumably via separate Bluetooth, and Xbox wireless signals. Whether Xbox Lockhart will break cover in May is unknown, but based on its imminent take-home status and the oddly coincidental and wholly separate source, timing of the Surface rumors suggests an early May reveal could be on the money. With E3 2020 canceled, Microsoft perhaps has a bit more leeway in terms of what it can do with regards to marketing and its upcoming events, spreading them across a wide range of dates. A couple of Xbox YouTubers with good track records for accurate information have suggested a May event as well to coincide with the previously announced digital showcase Microsoft mentioned would be replacing its E3 showing in June. We've heard Microsoft may also be gearing up to show off a few upcoming games as part of its May press release. Long, or long-standing rumors of a Fable reboot under Playground Games make for an obvious candidate, but we've also barely seen anything about Halo Infinite, which is supposedly launching later this year, presuming quote-unquote work-from-home delays are avoided. Whether this will, not. <laughs> whether this will be a full-blown showcase event like Inside Xbox, a trailer, a trailer reveal as we saw for Hellblade 2, or a third-party deep dive with the expertise of outlets like Digital Foundry is completely unknown, but as they say, there's typically no smoke without fire. So, that's a ton of, ton of, ton of rumor information. Let's start with Lockhart first and kind of break this down piece by piece with everything. So, like I said, let's start with Lockhart. So we've talked about the rumored quote-unquote entry-level system Lockhart for the next-gen Xbox lineup a few times with 
both sides of the room are saying, you know, one side saying, hey, it's happening, it's for sure going to be there, and the other being like, nope, it's canceled now, they're sticking strictly with Xbox Series X. But it seems that, you know, with the, what seems to be permanent price cut of the Xbox One X right now, which you can get now, basically any Xbox X and Xbox X bundle with a game or whatever for like $299, it's a really good deal right now, highly recommended. If you aren't in the Xbox ecosystem, jump on that because it's a fucking great deal. Um, the Lockhart is pretty much all but confirmed to be happening and replacing the X, as the article did say. Mike, do you think Lockhart will be an even more impactful system given what is expected to be a more conservative approach to disposable income for families and for individuals given the current pandemic? Do you see this selling more now? Even, you know, I would imagine the Xbox Series X is still going to be their number one marketed system to come out and the Lockhart may be pushed even past the Series X launch just to get those Series X numbers boosted. But do you see this having a higher launch now, comparatively, because of the value point that you're getting with a lower price point entry into the Xbox ecosystem, given everything that's going on in our economy right now? I think it'll depend. Um, we talked about Lockhart, <laughs> whether it existed, whether it was coming or not, mm -hmm. at length on this show, um, multiple episodes. And I think we it was one of those things that we kind of knew was going to happen, or at least have to happen with the price point of the Xbox series x mm -hmm. i think it'll just depend on what they envision with a lockhart so mm -hmm. if they're thinking it's going to be a, like a streaming device like we've kind of talked about previous um mm -hmm. i think people will be weary about picking that up based on like internet reliability or is it reliable mm -hmm. um i think there's a few different things that are gonna you know really determine lockhart's viability in the market okay. i think the the biggest things you know besides the uh, is it going to be a streaming device is how is it going to perform up next to a series X? Uh, mm -hmm. is the price different? Or even, or even an Xbox one X. I yeah. Mean, the current thing that's out there now, which what is it? Xbox series X, I believe it's six teraflops or Xbox one X. I'm sorry. I fucking keep getting that, uh, flip flopped every time. Let me see. I think it's six. Yeah. Six teraflops. So the Xbox one X, six teraflops, they're reporting, Windows Central's reporting that the Lockhart is doing four, but at the same time, they do offer the NVMe load times from the, those like specific SSDs. So I'm curious to see how that's going to match up, even with that, if people saying, and with the lines being blurred on really their generational gap between saying like, hey, any game you buy on your Xbox One will work in your Series X, and really for right now, vice versa, we're not going to have games that, they're just coming out for Xbox systems, they're not coming out specifically as an exclusive for the Series X, but continue, I just wanted to throw that in there that I'm curious no. to see just for the, the One X in general. Yeah, I know um, when I was playing uh, my Samsung rep, who used to be the Microsoft rep at Best Buy when I worked at Best Buy, mm -hmm. uh, Rich Paul, uh, he used to work for Microsoft, and he got uh, access to like the uh, streaming service on his phone. Mm -hmm. I was trying to play it at work one day when he was there, whenever the uh, S20 released. Mm -hmm. um, but that was one of the first days that like coronavirus was getting crazy, so it was like a it was like a situation where. It, we were pretty dead in the store mm -hmm. and without a reliable internet connection, even trying to connect off of like my mobile hotspot, which usually is pretty quick because I don't really use my mobile hotspot, even though it's part of my plan. Um, mm -hmm. The, it, so Halo was like not an option. Mm -hmm. um, any first person shooters that you need response time is not an option. No. Um, so that's one of the things that scares me about Lockhart is what they think they're going to do with it. Mm -hmm. I do think that if it is a comparable system, um, even if it's close to the Xbox one X, cause for a while, the Xbox one X was pretty hefty in price. Mm -hmm. If I was going to buy an Xbox one X for, you know, the $500 they wanted for it, I was just going to buy a new graphics card and upgrade my computer. <sighs> I'm right there with you. I would not, where I was at. I love, don't get me wrong, I love my Xbox One X because, like, for a multitude of reasons, any third-party games that I would rather play on console compared to PC, I could play them at 4K, a lot of them higher frame rates than usual. The It's hands down the most powerful con home console in the market right now, but with exclusives not being there and me being much more of a PC gamer comparative to five years ago now, 
Um, you know, I am, well, I can, like you, I can just get a good graphics card, you know, and like I said, upgrade my graphics card and play it on here and play at high frame rates. And, you know, I'm good with 1080p as long as I'm more of a frame rate person than a resolution person. So, um, especially because I'm like you, I play a lot of first person shooters and things like that and competitive games. And that's so paramount to have, but I would not, I would not have bought my Xbox One X if I didn't get it on sale. And I got on sale for like, I think 350 after tax, like would not have bought it for $500 just because to me, that's not justifiable right now for what Microsoft was is offering right now. I mean, granted, you have Game Pass, you have all these lucrative options where now at $300, you buy that. Plus, you know, you get a Game Pass subscription, tack on, you know, and they've been doing sales on that for so long now. You get that, and really you're spending $350, you're getting all of that for $350. That's a pretty fucking good deal. You know, mm-hmm. so that's not that bad, but I'm with you that it's just not worth it right now. The Series X, where there's a ton more commitment on exclusivity, uh, access to and being really consumer friendly with a lot of the practices that they're doing and being right now, from what it sounds like, the most powerful console to come yet out of next gen. There's a lot more lucrative options where I'm saying, OK, for five hundred dollars. I'm getting more value out of this from the externals that come along with this compared to right now, where that's great. The six teraflops on my Xbox One X are dope. I can play, you know, whatever you name, whatever third-party title that's out there. You know, say The Witcher 3, I play that 4K60 for the most part on my TV. That's great and all, but I could do that on my PC. Like, I can do that anywhere else. What else is there a reason to do with my Xbox system? you know, with the exclusives and whatnot. So it, it, it's going to be interesting, but I'm, I'm kind of in, I'm kind of with you that the streaming end of it, I still definitely see it being a major component to it. And I was pretty high in regards to just the playability on X cloud on my phone, being able to do that. It's really good for, like you said, everything, but shooters. Like I played one game of like Halo five was on there that was offered whenever I was testing out the service on my phone. So I was like, well, I got to see what the latency is like on this, like playing a first person shooter. And it, like you said, it's not good, but it's much better than what I would even remote remotely want to try with, you know, remote acts or uh, remote play on PlayStation or even steam link. Like I just still wouldn't go out and like you're saying, use, use that as my primary way to game, especially if I'm playing Halo or I'm playing Gears or anything like that. That's just not logical, but I'm with you. I'm, I'm interested to see what the streaming implementation with this will be, because you would think this is, I, I, if you would ask me and they're releasing two boxes or two different SKUs, one would be, the Xbox Series X, here's your big-ass, beefy, powerful five to $600 console that is going to basically suck you dry for what you're paying for it um, compared to... And then we're also going to offer for people who just want to get in our ecosystem, try Game Pass out, and are more worried about just, you know, experiencing... They're not worried about 4K 60 to 120 native, like, 8K capability. They're not worried about that. They just want to play some, you know single-player games and whatnot, here you go. You can spend $300 and you can get in, and here's a streaming box that's going to be able to do that. That's basically a Project X Cloud box. Um, that seemed more logical to me. I think this is going to... I think, I think this Series S model is going to be... I think the pan... As sad as it sounds, like I think the pandemic is going to help it because I think like we kind of talked about, like a lot of families are going to be going through hardships. Like right now, yeah, people are, you know, getting on unemployment right now and, you know, whether they're successful at doing that or not right now, but so many people are laid off. People are going to be coming back looking at, you know, and hopefully we're going to see our government kind of tack on a little bit, kind of bring the hammer down on some of these banks and things like that, which I doubt, but you know, where mortgage company, you know, for or for load, uh, Mortgage payments and stuff aren't going to be due in lump sums or anything like right off the bat. Whenever people come, like people are going to have a little bit of disposable income, but it's going to be much more of a conservative approach because of all of this. Where two hundred dollar a two hundred dollar difference could mean the world to people, um, you know. So 
I think I think that there's a possibility that this becomes a higher seller because of everything going on, but at the same time, I wish it wouldn't be because of what's going on, you know? Um, it it, it kind of sucks, but I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it's going to sell more? Do you think it's going to sell better than what we expect? Um, I think it probably... I don't. I just really don't know. I mean, I feel like they have a few things working against their Series X. I feel mm-hmm. like if you are pigeonholed and the only thing you can spend is five hundred dollars, mm-hmm. um, then obviously, like if you want to spend it on an X, that's great. But I think the cro- like the fact that you can play Xbox games on PC now with the Game Pass and what mm-hmm. they're doing with the Series X, what I predict is I think that they're working on getting a crossplay set up mm-hmm. where because you can play these games on pc now with this new generation if i'm on a pc you're on a series x and someone is on a lockhart mm-hmm. um you're going to be able to play like if we all are playing the same game say we're all playing halo infinite mm-hmm. we'll all be able to play together i think that's the big thing they're setting up so i think that the fact that if if that happens then like if and then if that happens where crossplay works it's going to hurt the Series X sales because if you have $500 disposable income to spend on a, on an Xbox One X mm-hmm. or Xbox Series X, excuse me, um, I built my computer for $1,200. Like, and my computer's pretty top of the line right now. I mean, the processor, maybe I, I went a little bit cheaper on that because I didn't need the top, the latest and greatest. But I mean, I have a 2070 Super in my computer. Like, yeah. my computer's pretty sweet. So if you have $500, I'm not saying like $1,200, another $700 isn't a big expense or anything but if you can just play lock if you can just get the lockhart version and play it with people that are on the series x mm-hmm. i don't see why people wouldn't feel the need to just go with the lockhart um yeah. unless you're like one of those people that are super into graphics and you definitely want that high-end graphical experience mm-hmm. um it, it's gonna be a hard sell to, for parents to spend an extra couple hundred bucks for a series X for a kid. If the Lockhart's going to do pretty much the same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might not do it as good. The graphics might not be as good, but by and large, you know, we've all been there at Christmas time when we were kids trying to beg our parents for something mm-hmm. like you, you've been there, you know, that struggle. Now, mm-hmm. if you give parents a $200 cheaper, or $150 cheaper option, that's going to do pretty much the damn same damn thing. Mm-hmm. it's going to be hard for them to spring that extra 150 because they're going to spend it in another way for you for Christmas. Like right. maybe you need new shoes or whatever. Like, so for me, I definitely think with the pandemic and everything might have a, ha- have an effect on it, but by and large, just the way Microsoft has positioned themselves in this next generation, they might hamstring themselves on console sales, but I think games as a service. And I think um, new games is like where they're focused on right now. And, having every single platform be able to play it is their big aim Mm -hmm. because they're going to want to make more money on those games of service and on the game costs themselves. So Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, with all those other factors kind of working together, Lockhart and and the the cheaper option is going to sell more just because of those factors that I've, I've, you know, laid out there. Yeah, no, definitely. I I just, I, I think both of us can agree that, comparative to before given everything that's going on i i think at least between that and like you're saying you give this you put middle class families in this that your predominant you know predominant uh group of people are going to be buying this console it's enthusiasts and parents basically who are going to go out and buy this console first and foremost for their kids it's going to, it's at least in a better position now because I feel like I was a little more, I was a little more skeptical on the two skew approach launching with, or at least coming soon after two different models of this system and kind of cannibalizing each other. Where now I think at least there's, at least there's a little bit more of a silver lining that could play out for this. Um, where, like you're saying, families may opt to do that because budgets are tighter, but at the same time, they're looking to make sure their dollar goes further for their kids and their families. So it'll be interesting. But let's move on to the next part of the article, though, where it's kind of talking about this headset that's coming out. You know, does this rumor of a new headset, like, interest you at all? Like, personally, me, I've always seen the stereo headsets offered by console manufacturers be pretty shitty pretty poor quality um outside of sony's uh gold headset that they did have out wasn't too bad because it was a decent bluetooth headset and i actually used it on my switch a few times um with a blue 
Bluetooth adapter. Um, it's really not that bad, but the sound quality, the build quality, comparative to what you can get for the same price for other from other manufacturers like Astro, Steel Series, Logitech, you name it, Razer, like you name it, you can get these quality quality headsets for a better price and more features. So like, does this kind of interest you at all, or is this going to be like a kind of a do you think this will be maybe more of like a quick cash grab for families at the holiday? You know, oh, I'm going to pick up the new Xbox for my kid. Oh, well, he'll need a, you know, a controller. Oh, I want him to have a headset to talk to his friend. Uh, oh, this is the Xbox branded one. We'll throw that in there. You know, do you think this is, this is interest you at all, I guess? Not really. It's no. like a super non-factor for me. It's yeah. just a situation where, like you said, basically you, you absolutely just smashed it right on the, you know, like hit the head, hit the head of the nail. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, a, it's just a way that parents in a rush are just going to grab it. Um, mm-hmm. They'll be able to control price a little bit better. So they might mm-hmm. be able to price. They won't be able to like price gouge, but they will be able to price it lower during the holidays or whatever to meet their sales quota for it. Mm-hmm. But if you're serious about gaming and, and you want a good experience, you're not settling for default stereo microphones. No. You're just not, you're going, you're going out there and you're buying a better headset, uh, whether it be Turtle Beach, whether mm-hmm. it be HyperX, whatever uh, Sennheiser, like whatever your affiliation is. Mm-hmm. If you want the, the most out of your gaming experience, especially in terms of audio, mm-hmm. you're definitely going to you know splurge for that better headset. But like you said, in a cash grab situation, in a fast, like, oh, just need something quick, um, you know, that's when you're going to see um, – these products flying off the shelves and, and you're completely right to me it's just like an on like it's like a, almost like a i would just throw this this away like it's just whatever you know right no totally i definitely i definitely agree it's it's kind of one of those things that i would like to see i would rather see microsoft partner with a third-party manufacturer like a steel series like an astro like a insert any other company that's out there to be like, hey, we're the official headset provider for Xbox or kind of like they did with, um, I think it was Seagate that they partnered with for the SSDs that you can buy. Like, I would rather see them, me as, now granted, I'm you and I, we're at enthusiast level with gaming. We're, you know, we play games every day. We invest in PCs to play games. We invest in consoles to play games. We like playing them on ice TV, like things like that. We are gaming is one of our main forms of entertainment in life. So it's important to us. So I want the best quality and I know that X, Y, and Z third-party manufacturer are going to provide me that. So I'm not even going to look at the Xbox model of it. Like I remember when they announced or when they put out the stereo headset for the Xbox one, it was one of the only ones that would like work with, the xbox one at that time so i'm like because they didn't have the you know the controllers didn't have the headset jack in there you need to get the special adapter on it like that was the only one that came with it outside the shitty headset that came in the box day one um but outside of that it's like you know i i knew i know this is crap this is the only reason i would buy is because this is the only option i have where at least if microsoft's partnering with multiple different you know, and I'm sure they will to an extent, you know, as we go on here. But, you know, I would much rather see them, you know, get a Steel Series, get a Razer, get a Astro or whatever and be like, hey, we we are going to pay you X amount to be, you know, for console gaming headsets. You're only going to manufacture for us. You're, it's only going to be compatible with Xbox, almost like Sony does with, you know, a lot of the third party exclusive content with uh, Call of Duty, Destiny etc etc only this time it's on a hardware accessory side where it's like hey you're going to manufacture you're only going to be making headsets for us you know we want to have a quality headset for all gamers to come in and get at a reasonable price um i'd like to see them do something like that but it's kind of interesting that they're still trying to make these happen because so many people comparative to five years ago are gaming now and gaming is becoming so much more relevant in terms of mass popular you know pop culture i guess that i think more people are kind of smartened to what's going on than before that i'm just surprised that they would try to push this compare especially considering how pc gaming dominant 
the Xbox ecosystem is in general and being kind of hand in hand with each other. Um, right. Where, you know, the PC master race is so up to date on whatever's going on. So um, it's kind of a non-factor to me too, where it's just like, meh, it is what it is type of thing. So uh, last part I did want to talk about with this article before we move on to our other ones. Personally, the potential of a May event is really to me the most exciting. And if you want to call it sexy rumor, that's, you know, kind of in here. And we've been told, like they said, by Phil Spencer before that Xbox will be holding a digital event to replace their E3 presence in the briefing that they do during the show now that it's canceled. But with the current status of everything in the world, bringing this event a little ahead of schedule to me could actually help move units if the price is shown, if they come out and release the price. Given the budget crunch, like I've been talking about with everyone that everyone's going to be really facing knowing the price point further in advance to me in theory helps people plan ahead for larger purchases, especially if the series X is going to cost around 500 bucks, if not more. So outside of price, Mike, what are you most excited to potentially see from this event? Is it specific game announcements? Is it features with the system, accessibility features, um, you know, new, uh, you know, peripherals, anything like that? What, with this event are you most hoping to see out of it and what are you most high on i guess um if they so if basically for me uh being a halo fan i want to see halo infinite but gameplay <laughs> i don't think please. That, i don't i don't think that's going to happen i think we're just going to see mostly about the hardware which is completely fine um basically every Halo fan's fooling themselves if they think that Halo Infinite's coming out on time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't going to come out on time anyway, but now that with the coronavirus situation, it's 100% never going to come out on time. Let me, I mean, let if me it ask does, you I'd this. Let me ask you this since you brought it up. Say they do hit their deadline this year, you know, and the game goes gold and it releases alongside the Xbox Series X day one. What, how do you think that game's going to be received? Even though you haven't seen any of it, obviously, whatever. Do you think? Do you think Microsoft is bull enough to make three four three rush to get that game out? I don't. I don't know. You would hope think, not, but <laughs> I think with how big of a disaster Master Chief Collection was and is mm-hmm. remaining to this day, still a dumpster fire. Yeah, I would think you'd be hard pressed to find a reasonable, like find a reason for them to force anything i mean mm-hmm. that game released at 60 dollars and didn't work for three months or for three years basically like yeah. it it was one of the worst 60 dollars i've ever spent in my life and i love every single halo that's on it besides mm-hmm. four like that's bad um yeah. so for me i would side on the fact that like there's no way if you're microsoft you could ever find a reason to make them come out with that game if it's not ready even if it's not like even if it's like 343 is like eh, it it can go out we would just need a day one patch like if i was microsoft i'd be like no no way fix the fucking thing make it work you guys are you guys are like i I mean to me if 343 botches halo infinite you have to just cut the entire fucking you have to cut the entire dev team like just get rid of that fucking team it's horrible yeah. Like, that dev team is so lost. Like, not only is their gameplay just fucking garbage. I- excuse my French, but I'm, I'm getting heated. Like, not only is is the gameplay just He's heating awful, up! <laughs> like, not only is it just a fucking joke of a deve- development company from a gameplay standpoint, uh-huh. just straight up just listening to fans. Like, they just don't listen to anything that anyone tells them that they want, mm-hmm. and they expect us to just... Okay. Basically, to just to just to, you know give it to you on on the highlight reel just the short the short version tldr mm-hmm. they just serve us shit on a plate and be like and they're like eat this and we're like no you know we kind of wanted the the filet mignon can we have that and they're like here's shit on a plate and you're gonna like it okay i think it's just, i think they've been so concerned with making their own like figurative narrative for halo making their own stake in halo and distancing themselves from bungie's halo for so long that they've just kind of like they've just made changes to change stuff and be Mm -hmm. different just for the fact to be different like there's no rhyme or reason with it i guess like where okay so you try something different which i'm totally for i'm not against trying i i'm 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 on record multiple times being like 
and movies, pop culture, different things like that. I'm cool with remakes. I'm cool with, you know, uh, reboots, things like that. Like, I'm cool with that because it's art. It's all of this is art. Anything that anybody makes is art, in my opinion, that it's meant to be interpreted differently and it's meant to be iterated on and it's meant to be developed on because people view things completely differently than another person would like it's that's how art is so to me you know it's i i don't mind when people try things different like innovation is key for a lot of stuff especially in any kind of like media like movies and especially games i mean games have evolved over the past 30 years in terms of where they were you know in the nes you know line to now we're talking about the xbox series x that is basically a supercomputer in a box in a tiny box that's going to sit next to your uh tv in compared to the nes at least but when your fan base says okay we don't mind that you try something different but we just don't like this we're not going to play this this is what we would like uh, collectively you know for the most part in terms of the majority of the fan base being like hey this is you know we see what you tried there we don't really like it could you maybe try something like this this is what we we want to support you we want to continue playing this franchise we love this franchise we've been sticking with it for how long this is what we're more interested in playing why don't you try something like that we'll keep trying new stuff but like maybe lean into this being your bread and butter we like that we want to support that we want to financially support that like (laughs) yeah i mean kind of boggles my mind because like i don't like and grand you may see it more but like i i don't think halo fans really ask for too much out of like competitive play like they tell you how it is but it's like not ridiculous you know it's not like you see with like Fortnite and shit like that where every content creator who has a fucking microphone gives you their opinion on how everything should be done that sometimes isn't necessarily it, it like you're getting 10 different opinions that come out where the Halo community seems to have narrowed it down like hey this is what we like about it this is what we think will work best with casual fans as well to get them into this system and or into this ecosystem and you know I don't think they're asking like everything under the sun. Me personally, at least. Yeah, I, I, you kind of basically laid it out for everyone to understand. If if I were like if Halo Infinite comes out and the campaign and the battle royale mode is a hundred percent different, so I don't think the battle royale mode should be a hundred percent different from multiplayer. But from an esports relevance standpoint. The people who want to play your game competitively want a more classic Halo experience. There mm-hmm. are a lot of people who did enjoy Halo 5, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I do think Halo 5 had its place, without a doubt, but mm-hmm. multiplayer-wise, your your best days were classic Halo, and that might never come back. Um, mm-hmm. The popularity that Halo had might never come back, but if you may- released a campaign and the game was, you know stripped down for multiplayer that's what everyone that's what they did in halo 3 anyway they got rid of all the extra bullshit that they had included with halo 3 multiplayer and that was our competitive game so it's not something that's foreign and that has never been done before so i don't think it's a big deal um i just think they need to do a better they need to do a better job at basically everything um Mm -hmm. but you're right like i think that 343 inherited halo and they were in a lose-lose situation because they were so dead set on going away from what Bungie had laid out. Mm-hmm. Halo, the Halo fandom and the, and the people that loved Halo were so rooted in what Bungie had built. If your sole if your sole objective was to be different, you you were losing. You were never going to succeed with this franchise. You're just not. And they would have had to do something completely spectacular to make it be to the point where people are like, okay, um, you know, I, I, I dig it. 343 went completely off the wall from Bungie and I like it. That was never going to happen unless they did something, unless they worked a miracle and 343 can't even, can't barely function, let alone be miracle workers. So for me, it's just like, I, I don't know what to do at this point, but Microsoft, I don't think they're bullish enough to force 343 to release anything because they have enough stuff coming down the pipe. Um, they have enough things coming down the pipe that, 
Halo Infinite isn't the, the console seller anymore. It's just not. Halo isn't the thing that drives the console sales. No. So they need to focus on other things. They need to focus on things that rival Uncharted, The Last of Us, mm-hmm. before they focus on, is Halo going to be the thing that sells our consoles this 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 holiday season? I think they wanted it to be that way. Mm-hmm. But I think with everything that's happened with the COVID, I think they realized that that's just not realistic at this point. Yeah, and I'm curious to see you kind of saying that brings up a good point that from everything I've seen, everything I've seen with the presentation of this and, you know, I'm definitely excited to play Halo multiplayer. Don't get me wrong. That's first and foremost, the one thing that I am going to play on here consistently, but I am, I've always really personally enjoyed Halo storyline. I loved Halo storyline. I think it's a great sci-fi story. It's kind of gone off the rails since, you know, post three, the post Bungie era, but I've always thought that the universe they built is really interesting. There's a ton of lore. If you're ever interested in it, you know, you could dive in deep. There's a ton of things that are really, really unique about it. But I think when they first started revealing, when they first re- revealed Halo Infinite, then followed up with the Discover Hope, um, you know, trailer last and last E3, it really showed to me, okay, they are putting an emphasis more so than usual on the story with this. They are putting a bigger, a higher emphasis on single player already. I could tell because of the way uh, they hired multiple people from Naughty Dog. They've hired multiple people from big uh, narrative heavy game development studios for music, cinematography, yada, yada. Like you could tell from the presentation that they're trying to make this an emotional experience on top of, you know, already what's going to be what they hope to be a good you know, multiplayer base as well, but that's obviously to be seen and probably not going to happen, but they, I'm curious to see how much they lean into single player compared to multiplayer now, where it's always been role reversal of leaning into multiplayer and the single player is great, but people keep coming back to Halo as a multiplayer game, you know, 10 years ago. So I'm really curious to see, because like you said, they're going to need an Uncharted. They're going to need a Last of Us. They're going to need a God of War. They're going to need these large single player experiences that come out that are narrative heavy emotional experiences that are traditionally single player experiences so i kept getting that out of that and now even kind of like my thing that i'm really excited for the event is potentially seeing fable and i i'm gonna throw it out there i'm throwing a bet out that we see the initiatives game or at least what they're working on. We have an idea of what they're working on. It's a quad a like we've been, like we talked about in our initiative episode, it's a quad a single player narrative experience. I, I guarantee we see something from them. At least if it's, it may just be not just a title card, but like a 60 second teaser video that, you know, is just cinematics or whatever. I guarantee we see something from that because it's gotta something from them. That's because that's gotta be, they're going to lean so heavily into that and into that style of game um, being single player narrative exclusive title that Sony's that's been Sony's bread and butter for easily this whole generation and most of the previous ones. So they know what sells consoles and it's exclusive right now. And they're going to lean heavy into that. And as soon as they can get the word on that game out, they're going to. So I bet we see that. And that's what is most exciting for me about that, because I want to see what they're going to offer. What are the reasons at the end of the day, I'm buying a console because of it playing games and you know, everything else, you know, features and whatnot. That's all cool. And I'm excited to like, see that i mean i use my xbox and my ps or my xbox and my ps4 for you know a slew of different things i'll watch you know stream i the few 4k blue uh, 4k uhds that i do buy i watch my xbox one x like avengers endgame i always watch on there because it gives me the hands down the best quality sorry um burps (laughs) uh gives me the best quality hands down that i can possibly get right now so i use it for that but I buy those because I want to play the games on them. So, hands down, like, I want to see what games are offered. I want to, I want them to give me the reason why I'm investing in Xbox Next Generation. So, Mike, let's head into our next one here, finally. It's kind of a rumor, shocker. Activision is still playing to release Call of Duty in 2020, but supposedly it is a Vietnam Call of Duty. Vietnam War Call of Duty. So, 
This comes over on the Escapist by Michael Crichton. So, rumors stating that Treyarch-led Call of Duty 2020 will take place during the Cold War and Vietnam War are heating up with some new tweets from former Kotaku writer Jason Trier, who is now with Bloomberg. Uh, so, congrats to him moving over. That's a really big thing because Kotaku's parent company has been fucking over a lot of people, and they fucking suck. So, just kind of throwing that out there. No, I won't be editing that out in post. Um, <laughs> so, because they're just shitty people. Um, and Jason's fucking awesome. Um, so, Kotaku writer Jason Schreier adds, adding fuel to the fire. Schreier, who is known for bringing accurate behind-the-scenes gaming information to light, shared what he's heard about Activision's upcoming military first-person shooter when asked on Twitter. Despite the effect of the coronavirus pandemic has had on the industry, Schreier says Activision still intends to keep up with its annual Call of Duty release schedule with a new game this fall. Schreier later continued to corroborate previous rumors that said that the game will take place during the Cold War and Vietnam War as part of the Black Ops series. Where previous rumors teased that the game may, be, may carry the name Call of Duty Black Ops, Schreier said that he's heard the name Call of Duty Vietnam get thrown out or thrown out around a couple of times, but doesn't think that it will be the game's final title. Additionally, the game won't be a reboot. Schreier was the first to share that development on the next game had been shuffled around with series developer Treyarch planned to oversee the project while Sledgehammer Games and Raven Software provide short. So, shocker, a new Call of Duty is coming out this year. Who would have guessed? Um, does the Black Ops line do anything for you, Mike? Does it, you know, move the hype needle at all? Personally, for me, no Call of Duty title really does that anymore, though Warzone, albeit a mode, was fun at launch. Now it's a fucking hot dumpster fire that I never want to play again. Um, but, you know, that was really the only time the needle has moved for me on call of duty in the past five years, at least. Um, you know, and also does the annualization model, I've always been curious about this kind of concept. Does the annualization model hurt the esports scene in call of duty? All, especially now with cod world league, like that's out there right now and being a franchised professional sport. Um, you know, do pros like, having to learn a new game every year um uh, with call of duty i think it's just so second nature to them that it's it's part of the it's just part of being a professional call of duty player mm -hmm. as far as learning what meta is those things can change with with patches anyway or with big updates the games can change radically depending on weapon balances things of that nature mm -hmm. so when you're a professional gamer when things like this happen where um you know, I mean, a whole new game's pretty fresh, but by and large, the movement's relatively the same, the mm -hmm. aiming's the same, the shooting can pretty much be the same with every Call of Duty. As mm -hmm. long as those three things are pretty normal and the maps are relatively decent, mm -hmm. you know, pros can can get by. I think the biggest switch for them recently was the 5v5 switch. Mm -hmm. Switching from 4s to 5s was a huge switch for them. I think that changed a lot. But it, whether or not pros really enjoy um, learning new games, I think... It, it's a it's a double-edged sword so at one side yes you have to learn a new game every year and that can kind of suck but it can also breathe new talent into the scene um by and large the top players are normally still going to be the top players but there are new players that you know just grasp a different call of duty game a little bit better than the one before but also the other side of that sword the flip side is you get to learn a new game every year and mm -hmm. it's not as boring as just playing the same thing for years and years True. So I think it's it's kind of like a catch twenty two situation. I think you have, you have um, it's good and it's bad. Um, I think the Call of Duty players, if if you enjoy a game in particular, you're sad every year when the game gets flipped. So when you have to play a new game, mm -hmm. uh, like I th I know a lot of the pros loved Black Ops two, and when they had to move on from it, they were sad. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, it's it's cool because if you get a shitty game, <laughs> you know, like if 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 people don't like Modern Warfare then you're happy because you get another game and you don't have to play the True. same shitbag game, you know, year after year. Mm -hmm. No, definitely, definitely. So, um, but does, the, like, a Black Ops game really do anything for you? Um, I mean, I just guess... in general, does Call of Duty really do it for you? Like, does that get you interested? A new Call of Duty every year coming out, like, does that get you excited? Not really, um... Like, I, guess I, the I just thing think would the be like, last, like, the lackluster of Call of Duty has worn out years ago. 
Yeah, and and the zombies mm-hmm. wore out. Um, Black Ops usually has pretty good campaigns, mm-hmm. and some of their multiplayer, like Black Ops Two, was really good. I enjoyed Black Ops Two multiplayer, mm-hmm. but I still preferred Modern Warfare Three or you know the Modern Warfare iterations, not this latest one. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean Call of Duty doesn't really do it for me anymore. I'm I'm over it. I paid sixty bucks for it because um, on release night because I you know I. I just needed something new to play. Yeah. And I was really disappointed with it. And I know I say it like every year, like, Oh, I'm never buying another call of duty. <laughs> and I wind up buying it because other people have it. But I mean, I'm not like stoked for call of duty. Like right. it's something that you're not, paid... you're not fucking Rick Dalton in fucking once upon a time. Hollywood. Just, I, that's it. I'm done drinking. Swearing off drinking. Yeah. And then two seconds later, taking a swig of the flash. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah. I go through hot and cold phases with call of duty. So yeah. yeah um, definitely. It's not something that does it for me. Not really, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, playing simple Call of Duty just doesn't anymore. Like, it's when it, when Warzone first was added and it was free to play for everybody, like, yeah, it was fun to, for you, me, Kyle, whoever, to jump in there and play some games, like, because it's, that's what's nice about Battle Royale, Royale games, where you can literally, like, you don't need to be the best first-person shooter or third-person shooter to jump in and play those games and have some success if you're playing in squads or something like that. Like, the... the Especially with Call of Duty, me personally, like, the learning curve to me is pretty low. It's pretty easy to jump in and understand and jump in and play. Um, but now, like, especially, like, that game's gone down the shitter. That fucking sucks. Like, you, me, and Kyle jumped in the other day and we played one game. We're like, Nope, we're good. We're out. We're going to yeah. play something else. This is trash. So, um, just, there's too many cheaters that are coming into it being free to play. It's so easy to jump in and do that now that, you know, it, it, it's just a pain in the ass. It's just not worth it. So Mike, let's move to our last news article here. And this is actually like newsworthy, not newsworthy, but a news article compared to a rumor. Um, to be honest, you could tell it is a slow news week. If we're talking about the Xbox series X logo is seemingly revealed. <laughs> even though I thought we did have it revealed already. So this comes from Joe Scrubbles over on IGN. As always, link in the description. Microsoft has trademarked what seems to be the logo for Xbox Series X. Found on April 16th, the treatment follows a similar style to the Xbox One X and S logos. The X in particular differs from the title treatments we've seen for the upcoming console previously. Whether... This is a Microsoft. This is Microsoft getting its legal ducks in a row, or a sign that it's about to reveal more about the console is unknown. What we do know is that Microsoft wants to be able to print this logo on a lot of things. The trademark list listing includes not just game consoles, but bags, jewelry, posters, trading cards, and uh, fire extinguisher apparatus. Oh, interesting. So some have been quick to point out that a trademark for a Series X by itself rather than the full Xbox Series X, leaves open the possibility that we'll see multiple versions of Xbox, necessitating logos to distinguish between them. That's fueled somewhat the rumors that there will be two next-gen Xbox consoles, the Series X and a less powerful digital-only console, apparently named codenamed Lockhart. However, Microsoft has made no similar public filings for any other po- potential console names in recent weeks. So, like I said, nothing super crazy, to say the least, but it's surprising to see the confusion around multiple logos for the system, given when it was revealed by Microsoft, Microsoft didn't show this logo. It seems kind of odd that they're doing this, but it does kind of line up with the Lockhart stuff. So Mike, do you think this was made to solely help differentiate the series X and the potential series S or Lockhart for customers easily, where they walk up and they see two different boxes because one box has a huge ass axe and one has a huge axe axe huge ass s if i can say that right that's kind of a tongue twister so it where you know grandma walks up to buy little johnny for christmas an xbox and he says he wants the x compared to the s she hopefully is ha, is able to fucking see you know the x compared to the s do you think that's pretty much the sole reason for this yeah i mean branding's pretty much everything when it comes to businesses right mm-hmm. so I think it is a branding situation. It's like they definitely want people to be able to tell which is which, uh, yeah. which makes sense. Oh yeah. Um, you don't want you don't want any mistakes. You don't want product coming back because I'm not 100 percent sure. Like 
obviously if the box is is unopened the return policy is pretty straightforward they just put it back on the shelf Mm -hmm. but if they were to take it home open it and then it's like oh gosh um you know this is the wrong thing take it back Mm -hmm. then they have these consoles coming back and then they have to sell it at open box and take a loss and it's just it just becomes a mess at that point in time so i definitely think that the branding's huge for them and they're definitely wanting to make sure that there's like no mistakes when it comes to that yeah no definitely for sure i and i agree it's it's pretty cut and dry why to me why they do this that it's you know simplicity and like it's like the article really said from joe like it's it's easy for them to if lockhart is real and they are doing a series s or you know definitely this leaves the door open for iterative models that they're able to simply differentiate like people are able to easily differentiate these models from what the other one is they're easily able to say my kid wants the s my kid wants the x my kid wants the q whatever the fuck it is like they are grandma's able to walk into the store and just be like i want my kid says he wants an xbox q okay the customer knows exactly what that is like the grandma doesn't but at least having that single you know kind of what the fuck (laughs) do you hear that yeah what's going on (laughs) Oh no, my phone just started playing some fucking video. I don't know if that was the, uh, like, the Google Assistant, like, started, like, typing on there. I'm like, oh, that's fucking weird. And then all I hear is, you greedy cocksuckers. <laughs> okay, cool. Awesome. Whatever. Uh, I guess that's a good way to cap off the show. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but, yeah, I, I, I think that'll be the easiest way to kind of, you know, differentiate and leaves them open for iterative models to come out and be able people are able to tell the difference that aren't necessarily the people who are probably for at least on the kids end making these purchases um who maybe not into gaming and they just know hey here's the x here's the s simple branding so mike i think that's going to do it for our episode this week why don't you tell people where they can find you talk about all this shit all these rumors and to you know talk about video games in general with you um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at T-O-Y-S-X-L-D-I-E-R um, and on Twitch at MP underscore Toy Soldier. Um, just uh, stop by, let me know what you think about everything that we talked about or tell us that we're stupid and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. We definitely get that sometimes. People like to tell you how dumb you are on the internet. Shocker. So, as always, though, I'm your host, Travis White, a.k.a. Tra- Travelis on most internet platforms, if I can spin it out, including Twitter at Travelis underscore that's t-r-a-v-l-e-s-s underscore you can also find me streaming time to time on twitch.tv slash Travelis underscore same as twitter and if you want to play some video games with me you can just go on over to xbox live at just regular Travelis. that's t-r-a-v-l-e-s-s and ladies and gentlemen that has been your newest episode of the game pass game cash your weekly go-to podcast for all things xbox xbox game pass pc gaming and more in terms of news, rumors, and conversations around them damn good video games. Because guess what? Video games are fucking cool. So, you can catch new episodes of the show each and every Friday morning on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all other major podcast services. So, be sure to subscribe to us wherever you get those. And also, too, if you do want to listen to the show on a different podcast platform, we're not on there, let me know. Let me know. I'll get it on there. I'm trying to expand that a little bit more and try to, you know, spread that, spread that seed a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So... just let me know if there's a podcast some fucking pod junkie or whatever i don't know i me personally google Podcasts i listen on so it's pretty straightforward but i know there's a ton of different platforms out there that people use so by all means let me know and you can also follow us on twitter at gpgc podcast stay up to date with everything regarding the show video games and our giveaways so mike that being said that's been our episode for this week thank you so much everyone for listening sharing and being a part of our growing community game on wash your goddamn hands and we will see you next week